0: welcome everybody i'm jared he's dj and this is number one bullshit it's gonna be fucking weird not not having fights for a month
1: i know right (laughs) but they're coming strong
0: Dude, the yeah, the announcements, obviously, which we'll talk about, are fucking insane. I, I just trying to figure out what even is going to be on three hundred. I'm like, I,
1: I don't know. Yeah, Dana White saying the first prelim, you're going to be like, that's the first prelim. I don't know, but why are we skipping over the most important part? Oh. uh today, today, guys, <clears throat> I'm a little under the weather, so excuse me. I got poisoned. Can you guys? venture a guess of why I got poisoned because it's the end of the year, baby. Now you needed all of your picks minus shop and wonder boy to go for you to win. How did that turn out for you?
0: Um, well, after a hard fought year, uh, in which, you know, I, I, I'll want to say I gave it my all. Uh, however, as we got to the end of the year, um you know, especially with you being sick now, I felt like you probably needed this a little more than I did okay and and so you know the i mean clearly, I was doing a good job of building it up at the end, talking about the you know the phoenix from the ashes, mm-hmm. making it seem like it was something that you know like the comeback was inevitable, which I think most people know it was. Mm-hmm. And so that was the turn, right? Like, make people believe that it was going to happen. And and I hate to kind of put it out there like this, but, you know, you kind of wanted to rub my nose in it. So, you know, I wanted people to believe so that way they could feel good for you with when you get this, you know, pull it off by one underdog story kind kind of deal for you.
1: All right, so you sound like uh, two of the people in the stadium last night, Colby and Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything's rigged. Well, if that's the case, man, well, I appreciate it. But for real fun. This year has been real fun. Love doing, you, brother, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. Love you too, man. This has been real fun doing those five picks. It's just engagement. Uh, you guys definitely, you know, help us out. Give Jared some tips for next next season. Uh, we'll be kind of folding that out on these next upcoming podcasts, how we're going to do that. But, man, outside of that, from the beginning of this card, I mean, it's sad when you say the two title fights might have been some of the most unenjoyable parts of the card, right?
0: Yeah, they were definitely the slowest parts of the card, that and probably the the patty fight. Yeah. Um but even even then they were great. But I, I do want to just start it off with the people that deserve all the credit in the world for putting on uh fight of the year contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolute fight of the year contender, and that was Arena Aldana uh Carl Hosa. And now some people are saying greatest women's fight of all time. I would still contend Joanna Whaley. One I agree. was one of the best fights of all time mm-hmm. period. Uh, but this was another one where just damage on damage. I mean, going after the first round, I was
1: like, Oh, this fuck. Yeah. Dude. Uh, my note literally is block a kick, check a kick. <laughs> you know? And, yes. but on the flip side, and I'm glad that, you know, the, now the commentators were like, yeah, they're not hitting the calf, so it's different. Because mm-hmm. when they said that, I was like, damn, there's so many leg kicks, you only can take so much. And then they kind of were like, well, it's the thigh meat, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But come on, 1,000 kicks to the thigh, and you're still pushing forward? And you win? Come on.
0: Yeah, I I have not seen the destruction of a thigh like that because the trend has been to calf kicks Yeah, you know, for the past few years. I haven't seen the destruction of a thigh like that since um, Faber, although oh, the, the yes. first time they fought and basically both Faber's legs just got destroyed. And I mean, one of the nastiest displays of leg kickery uh, that, that I've ever seen. Uh, but and this one is is right up there. The toughness from Aldana. And she had a great quote afterwards talking about, you know, we train to swallow the pain, which yeah. like cool rhymed. So first off, awesome. Uh, but then also, like they they just have killers in that gym. Jesus. Her Grasso, Diego Lopez, like that is a they don't give a fuck, right? Like those are people that are absolute killers. They know it's almost like in that fight, Aldana knows her style. Right? She's like, yes, I box. My hands are up high. You can hit the body. You can hit the legs. But I I'm just going to handle
1: that pain. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it looks like terrible fight IQ, um, because one simple thing that Hosa maybe could have done is just bring the leg cake down a little bit. She wasn't stopping mm-hmm. any of them, and that calf she couldn't have taken that damage to the calf, right? But Correct. when you got to be tough and in someone's face, I mean, she beat her up. What a, I mean, what a fight! It, it 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 lived up to them wanting to put their names out there. Aldana is proving like, hey, guys, don't forget about me. But mm-hmm. Someone's. If I'm her next opponent, I'm like, well, she doesn't check kicks at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think this is one of those fights where, like, stock raised both
1: fighters. Oh yes. Oh
0: right. Yes. Like for Aldana to rebound from the performance that she had put on against Nunes, where it was, you know, and we'll we'll talk about uh, another fight here next with a confusing performance, Willem, Willem Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> but the you know to rebound with with this fight where she just. She very easily could have cashed it in after after the first round. There was many times where she was taking kicks to the leg where she could have just gone down. And, and it was like, no, nah, fuck that, son. We're, we're going. And the damage she did, y'all know me, the lead hook to the body. I love it. She ripped a couple, well, one in the second round, I think one or two in the third round Dude. where the second it touched, I mean, good poker face for Hosa, but there was that, that split second where it's like, oh, she is not okay with that. Oh,
1: yeah. Got you. And yeah, it was just – it's weird because you say part of it's like, well, how fight IQ for the leg, leg kicks aren't – but then when she felt – either she saw it herself or her corners yelling, body, body. I think the corner ended up in the third round. To do it, uh, that's the fight you want to – I really wish Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier's wish would have came true with it. It's like, don't pay them 50000 Give them 100000 Give them more. Yeah, It was amazing.
0: Yes. Yeah, a hell of a, I hope there were some like backstage, yeah. you know, paper yeah. bags being handed out. <laughs> the, but there, to me, this fight does bring up a slightly larger discussion because obviously the number one criteria being damage. The visible damage to Hosa's face leaves so much more of a lasting impression. Than the damage to the leg, yep. because I mean, you looked at it and they were commenting on it. Aldana's lead thigh was like twice the size of her other thigh. Oh, it yes. was so swollen during the fight. Gross. But that doesn't look as bad as an eye being swollen shut. You know, the blood pouring down Hosa's face, and when you look at the strikes, like Hosa landed almost sixty more significant strikes <sighs> than Aldana.
1: Yeah, but But are significant strikes considered leg kicks?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing is unless you are, and that's the discussion in my mind is leg kicks don't pay the the dividends or don't, if it's going to go to the scorecards, leg kicks don't factor in as heavily. You know, if it's being used as a tool to stop movement, to compromise movement, or to ultimately get a stoppage, which we have, 100% 100% seen as Jonathan Martinez, Adrian Yanez. But the. The idea that, you know, the if you're head hunting because the damage is more visible, mm-hmm. that that is something that is going to weigh more in the eyes of the judges. It's hard because, yes, Rosa looked really bad yesterday. Mm-hmm but I guarantee you Aldana's not walking. Oh
1: no. And she landed 95 of 102 late kicks. That's in, that's a jab dude. Yeah. That's jab stats.
0: Yeah. She didn't bother to stop any of them. I mean, no checks, right? I mean, she's at what? 97% accuracy there on, on those. Like, that's fucking amazing, but yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thing to me because the, since the damage is not as visible, It makes it so unless you are really getting to the calf, the leg kicks don't matter as much, which is a little unfortunate, I think.
1: Well, I agree with you. But if you're putting damage in consideration, I mean, a bloody face is more damage than a bruised leg, right? Even even if I hit you 10 times in the face, you hit me 95 times in the leg. But if you're bleeding, it looks like there's more damage. So I don't know. I don't know. I felt like the right person won last night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would agree. It just it boils down to pain management, because if Arena Aldana, if her face shows more pain, if she gets into like we've seen with some people who eat leg kicks and they're just they don't have the poker face. They, you know, they're grimacing a lot. They start hobbling. I think then in the eyes of the judges, it's more damage. But also but here you see Aldana's pain tolerance allow her to Kind of sway the judges a little bit, almost like a catcher framing a pitch.
1: But it's also worse to get hit in the head because we know there's brain damage. There is more damage, yeah. right? Like you might get TKO, kick, getting kicked in the leg, thigh, but you, you're definitely have a higher chance in the head. So, no, I, don't know. I mean, the, both their stock went up, even with a the loss, yeah. their stock went up. So hell of know, fight. a
0: fight, oh, hell of a fight, in a, in a division that needed it. Oh yeah, now I, I think after this Aldana, you know, I, I know Juliana Pena. Feels that she deserves the winner of Myra Bueno Silva, Rocky Pennington, but like why not see Aldana Pena for the next shot at whoever wins that belt? And then our main event, you know, that was it was strange, dude, super weird. I mean, everything the fight, the thing that I know we wanted to see, and I imagine most people watching this fight wanted to see was how does Colby. Or how does Leon, excuse me, handle that pressure from Colby? And Colby didn't do... I mean, there was no pressure until late in the fight. And when he finally did, it was successful for him in round
1: five. Well, and also to a point, it was successful for him because Leon Edwards played into it, right? If Leon Edwards stands up, maybe it's not so successful. Colby was stuck in the mud. In the third round, Colby takes him down quick, and then Leon gets it back. I mean, Leon just looked better. Colby looked old. Dana White said it's like sometimes... These fighters wait, and they look old. Colby might look old, but that fight, yeah, it's like, dude, you're not even, you're not even trying. It just felt like, like his 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 corner couldn't get to him. His corner couldn't get to him. Like, man, put something in there. And I don't know why, because that's what we know about Colby.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the fewest strikes landed by Colby in a fight since 2016 when he fought Jonathan Mounier. Jesus Christ. I mean, over five rounds, he landed 44
1: strikes. But that's why he shouldn't have been getting the title shot last night anyways, right?
0: A hundred percent agreed. A hundred percent agree. I, I don't think that, and we talked about it before, he did not deserve that title fight. He's got one win over an active UFC fighter at this point, and that's Rafael Dos Anjos. You know, so that, I guess he has a win over Brian Barbarino. Uh, but that's yeah. it. So, yeah. he, Yeah, it it was and it was I mean, Leon was primarily orthodox too. like there was it was such a different fight than I think a lot of people were expecting. And I was shocked because, I mean, he beat up Colby's leg, Mm -hmm. but Colby was reaching for the leg kick in round three and Leon never really let go to the head with the leg kick either or with the kick. It, It was it was interesting. It was a very weird fight. I would have never thought. I mean, just the fact that Leon was like, oh, Colby, you took me down. Cool. I'm going to pop right back up and take you down
1: and show you I know how to do it. And right. just showing his growth. And in the fifth round, Edwards almost sinks in the triangle. Kobe gets top position, does nothing with it. Does yeah. nothing with it. It's like, dude, you're on top. You know you're losing. And then, of course, I thought I won three, four, and five. Like, okay, let's argue four and five. You didn't win three. You didn't win three.
0: Yeah, definitely didn't win three. I mean, he had he landed seven strikes and three. Um, but shit in round five, he landed a single significant strike. He had, I mean, he landed 54 total, but they were all pitter patter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was It was just definitely not the fight. I think anybody expected awesome for Leon, right? Oh, yeah. A guy talks shit like that to you. Says some things that even, you know, 48 hours later, he was still tearing up about, you know, having to talk about it. And so good on Leon. He has now took the strap from arguably the greatest welterweight of all time, if not the second greatest welterweight of all time, Jeez. defended it against him and then defended it against somebody that I know he's been off for a long time, but somebody that three years ago we were talking about, if Usman's not around, Colby's dominating the welterweight division.
1: Yep. And and Leon had that passion. He used my dad's murder as entertainment. I thought that was such a good way to describe to people that are like, oh, it's the fight game. It shouldn't matter. It's like, no, you used my dad's murder as entertainment. and. Of course, Kobe doubles down on it. No, I, why do I feel yeah. bad? The sex trafficking stuff so like, okay. Fine, if you if that's that's who you are, that's who you are. I'm not going to change you. But good for Leon Edwards, and he's just leveling up now. He's a champion. He's leveling up. Please, please, Bilal, please.
0: Yes, the, if they don't give that fight to him, and and I, I don't know if you saw post event he was talking to Megan O'Leary. and uh, by he I mean uh, Bilal, and he. He's not like a great on the mic guy. That's just not who he is. Uh, You know, that's some people don't have that. Yeah. But he did about, and Cormier said it, like he did about as good as he can on the mic. You know, he's will, he said he would fight him at 300. That's in the middle of Ramadan.
1: Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck.
0: Yeah. And, and he's like, that lets you know how hungry this dude is for that fight. It's one that, you know, Bilal ha- has to haunt him that he had the opportunity, that Leon had, you know, was a top three guy at the time. They kind of fucked Leon over because he got COVID and they had to cancel the Hamzat fight a couple different times. They didn't fuck Hamzat over though for catching COVID and having yeah. to cancel it, but I digress. Uh and so then they basically booked Leon against Bilal to be like, hey, yeah, this guy's gonna. You, you know, you you have to take on a guy who's not really respected, but is very, very dangerous. And there was the eye poke. And, and I know for Bilal, like, that was his big opportunity. And then he has had to climb and claw and scratch his way to the top since then. And he's there, right? He's there, like, let that fight happen. At least that then puts an end to the talk, right? That puts an end to the talk of Bilal deserves it. Like, this is what we need to see.
1: Well, I mean, um, let's just have it happen. Unfortunately, we, we can just jump into a fight that fighter that might have just taken Bilal, which is a shame for Bilal. Now, I don't agree with this fighter jumping over him, but Shavkat, mm-hmm. man, it didn't look great in the first round. Didn't look great in the first round. No. And, and Wonder Boy is going to Wonder Boy. When he okay. trapped his arm in the second round behind him, it was like the one thing that I always do because I'm not a fighter is I'm like, man, it's so weird when someone is controlling your your wrist like that. It's just weird to me, mm-hmm. right? Full control. Full control of a man.
0: It it's big brother shit. Right. Like Perfect it's insane. it's almost the it's almost the stop hitting yourself. Right? <laughs> like I, I am controlling your limbs. You know, it, it's Almeida Derek Lewis. Right? Even though Derek Lewis was losing the fight. He just grabbed onto Almeida's wrist. Yep. And Almeida couldn't do anything. Yep. And and that's what Shavkat did. Shavkat is enormous dog. For the way he's so big. And the fact that he, I mean, he just waded right into it. You know, people are like, "Oh, I don't get why he wasn't striking with him." Well, we saw how that worked for Kevin Holland, right? Oh, yeah. Like, let's let's fight a smart fight. And people, the people that have taken down Wonder Boy consistently, Gilbert Burns and Blau Muhammad, and that's it. Yep, and. So there's no to me, there's no shame in him not being able to really get him down round one because he wore him out. And guess what? He took him down in round two and he has to have absolute otherworldly squeeze because the second he started to squeeze on the first choke, you saw Wonder Boy's face. I'm like, oh, God, it looked painful. Yes. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. And then the the one that ended it. I mean, the the clapper. Clap on, clap off the <laughs> clapper, uh, is right there next to Wonder Boy. So, Wonder Boy was aware yep. he had less than 10 seconds and
1: still tapped. Him. And, and that guy was all about his clapping. Dude, oh, he, was, he, like, he did it so yeah, hard. Like, I, I like, want to let him know. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, he was Team Wonder Boy for sure. But that, that just shows you how special Shopcott is. And unfortunately, recency bias, that's the last guy that did it. I don't think that's fair. I don't even want to see Shopcott versus Bilal right now. Yeah, but if you heard an announcement and it said Shafkot versus Edwards, you wouldn't be shocked. You would just be bummed.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I would understand it. I think Shafkot has, has two choices right now. Uh, our listeners, Don't have any choice, though, because they just need to go over, hit that like, subscribe, follow button, uh, (laughs) both on your podcast listening service of choice and uh, on X at number one BS pod. But I think if you're Shafkot, you got two choices. You either say if you don't get the title shot, either you wait it out. All right, I'll take the winner or you take on a. I mean, Colby said he would take that fight. I get it. That's not. Colby didn't look great, but also Colby is ranked above Shafkot at this yep, point. Yep. And the uh, it's a name, right? Like how could you imagine that? Because at the press conference, Colby was talking a lot of shit to a lot of people. Oh, yep. Hilarious. There was, there was one name that did not come out of his mouth. And it's somebody in his weight class and that's Shafkot. And that lets you know what people think of Shafkot because Colby... I mean, just indiscriminately just spray shots everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. he's going after everybody. You have somebody who's the next big thing in your division at the press conference. You don't even begin to talk shit to that man.
1: And you call out Wonderboy on top of that.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You Hashtag candy and karate. Ooh, that, was uh, hilarious. that was such yeah. a good line. Good line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, so that, Could happen. I think Colby said he didn't want the fight, but it makes sense, you know, if if they book it, Uh, and then if Usman wants to continue to fight at 170, uh, and the 185 move was not permanent, that's a you know kind of a fast track deal for him. Of, I mean, if you turn away Shavkat, and if Bilal wins, like, guess what? You could get a, a shot at the title right then and there. So I think that that would be one that uh that makes a lot
1: of sense yeah and i just want to see shavakot fight everybody right now kill everybody right like he yes he's got that that hype around him that man I, I, he finished he can flows harder than anyone 18 fights 18 finishes and he's any
0: 99 9k no 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 he's uh he's 10 and eight. Oh, okay okay yeah 10 so yeah i thought wonder boy was gonna get knocked out uh but maybe that was all mind games from Shafka, right? right? He's like, I know building into the most important fight of my life, I'm gonna have to on the come up evenly disperse how I finish fights. <laughs> so he thinks I'm gonna play the stand up game, but then I don't.
1: My man's uh, thinking long game. I got you. yeah.
0: He's playing like eight D chess. Yeah, yeah dude. Um,
1: so why don't you go <laughs> ahead and oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna
0: say, and before we we get off of that fight, <sighs> uh, I do have to say one of the highlights for me was tenacious d in the fight kits walking out Hell with yeah. wonderboy yeah. and then as wonderboy is is in the like check zone you have jack black singing along to his own song
1: it, it doesn't get any better than that dude it was awesome <laughs> It, it was is. awesome. I don't always watch like the, the walkouts and stuff because you all do something else, mm-hmm. like, play guitar or something. But last night, I was feeling a little under weather. I was watching. I was like, hell yeah, because I only saw Jack Black at first, and then I saw Kyle Gass, and I was like, that's what's up, man. There <laughs> yeah, you go, Wonder Boy. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You, it, that is hilarious. Why don't you go ahead and talk about my short kings, baby?
0: Oh, we had it at our Flyweight Co-Main event. Pantoja Roy Val, man. I. It was a very... Interesting fight, obviously not the just utter chaos that we all expected, but I think Pantoja showed a lot. He showed a lot. That type of smothering grappling game that was needed, and I I texted you last night about it, that it reminded me for Roy Val of the Bontarine fight, except Bontarine, by the end of round three, was tired, and Roy Val took advantage of it. Yep. Not, pantoja exhausted right as we we all saw in round five he was getting pieced up on the feet but has we talked about it last week he has that championship mental where he knew what he had to do he's like i this guy cannot stop a takedown mm-hmm. at all and i know that i can control him on the ground and so just whatever he had to do to dig deep to get the takedown like that's fucking impressive
1: and it sucks for Roy Val because whatever he had to do to dig deep to get up, he didn't try, dude. He didn't try. Or it looked that way. You know, maybe he's trying in his own like technique way, and he's just not successful. But it was, it was like, this is high fight IQ. I why would I stand up and have you? Because Roy Val still looked fresher in that fifth round. He looked fresher after the fight. Why am I going to stand up with you, especially when you're peppering me? It's got to get you down. Uh, poor Roy Val because. Of course, we're fans of here on this podcast, but you can't, when you got to show up for your title fight, Pantoja just showed why he's the champion of the division. He really did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, it was a, I think for Roy Val, you go in there and you think you're going to have this like chaotic fight that you always have and just unfortunately couldn't do it. It gives him something to, to work on the getups because at this point, I don't think trying to shore up takedown defense is necessarily in his best interest because part of what makes him so good is the chaos when it hits the ground. But I do think you got to be able to get back up in yep. those instances. The he did some really I mean he hurt Pantosha. He hurt him a couple times. The up kicks, it looked like he he stung him bad on one of those up kicks. Oh yeah. In in round one, but the yeah, just ultimately the, it was about the control. I thought, what was it, end of round four when Roy Val got on top and was just dropping elbows on him. And then there was kind of the, hey, abandon all caution, like you got to fucking go. And then he came out hot round five. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, like this could be very interesting to end it. And then he just d- didn't have it to to get back on top. I wonder if takedown, you know, going for a takedown uh, Adding that to his game, as opposed to, oh, I'll just let it hit the ground, and I, I feel I can scramble and you know create chaos to get to the top. Yeah, you know, maybe it's getting himself to the top to begin with uh, could help his game because when he when he was on top, his ground and pound is it's powerful for somebody that size. I mean, those elbows were were doing some damage. I
1: mean, he was active on his back too, but <laughs> Pantoja just was a little bit better because it might be a situation where. Pantoja's the only one that can hold Roy Vell down like that f- consistently for five rounds, right? Yeah. 250-45 yeah, I mean, cards, 149-46. Did you think Roy Vell won the fifth row? I did. Yeah, me did. too, right? I thought so too, yeah. but two judges saw it for Pantoja and I was like, hmm. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. What's really interesting, though, is if you look at it, the only round where Pantoja outstruck Roy Val was round one, the only round yeah. significant strikes and total strikes, because Roy Val was doing a lot of work <laughs> off his back, the elbows, the up kicks. Uh, they only credited Pantoja with one submission attempt in the fourth, um, and it was it was pretty tight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I thought yes. you know I thought he was going to get that one, uh, but ultimately that led to the scramble that led to the ground and pound. But the watching round two. I was thinking like, oh, how are they going to score this? Because Pantosa dominated the control, but did nothing with the strikes. And Roy Val was doing a ton of work off of his back, and it goes to that discussion that we had. I think it was last week, you know, about the same thing.
1: But that was something looking at it. I was like, oh, how do they score round two? Because I felt like Roy Val did more damage. Because, but see, I take, I take, I think Cormier said it. It's like he doesn't want to be here, and that <laughs> is more important to me. I don't care about a takedown unless the person can't get up. And it's like Rory Val didn't want to be there. Pantoja's clearly controlling this fight, and ground strikes can work, but we don't see a lot finishes from from the back with strikes. Rory Val couldn't get up, so you got to give you got to Pantoja his his flowers for that round.
0: Yeah, it was and. In- I mean, just at the highest level, right? They they talked about it on the broadcast, but it, the the skill level at these lower weight classes is so fun, insane. Yeah, <laughs> so it's fun. it's so much fun, right? Like lightweights or fun weights, because this is just. I mean, Roy Val, yes, he lost that fight, but maybe Al Bazi does that to him too. But I don't know. I mean, him and Moreno, like run that back. Yes. That that would be a fun fight. Anybody else? Roy Val versus Manuel cop, like any of those top top what, you know, 10 type fights are are going to be awesome. Uh, you know, Pantoja what what's next for him, obviously is going to be the winner of Albazi Moreno. I know if Moreno wins that fight, it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, he's part of a bunch of rematches, but also I think fight of the year between those two. So who wouldn't want to see that run back? And if Albazi gets the win there, then, Awesome, uh, you know that's a, a fresh matchup. Uh, but hats off to Pantoja. He, you know, he said, "I'm sorry for the boring fight," but I didn't think that was a boring fight. I think in comparison to a lot of the other fights, it's like, yeah, you know, there was some some wildness going on. But I thought uh, masterful performance. You know, knew that what it was going to take to win that fight was aggression and just positional control, just smothering Roy and That's exactly what he did. Um, I become a bigger and bigger fan of Pantoja every time I see the guy fight.
1: Yeah, and he seems like a cool guy. He he didn't have a boring fight. He just had a less exciting fight last night.
0: Yeah, and then from those short kings... <laughs> yes, thank you. ...to the other. Uh, that Tagir, Ulambekov fight, and Cody Durden. Wow. Yep. Wow. Um, the That sequence where Tagir dropped him, oh. and then just nasty guillotine. For Durden to get out of that, I mean, that was a wild scramble, but Tagir, dominant. That that was a dominant performance uh, against, first time he's beat a top 15 guy, yep.
1: so that was whew. huge for him, and what an amazing first round. Just so much action. Just so much action, but Tagir is good. That dude is so good. good. He was threatening submissions, rear naked choke, whatever, for so long. Just, like, yes. I'm controlling how this goes. What a what a way to show up. Third fight of the card, or maybe the fourth fight, third or fourth fight of the card, and you're like, oh, my God, this fight, this card is so good. At that point, you're like, uh-oh, we have some magic happening at 296.
0: Yes. Yeah, the so third fight of the card it was after the Shamil fight and yeah. the touchy-feely fight. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean... We talked about who was going to win the grappling like Durden is no punk. And when it comes to grappling and to hurt him on the feet and then just out grapple him the, the control, the the body triangle, basically all of round two. Uh, to sell out to that is, is impressive because it does wear you out like you are using your legs to hold yourself up for the entirety of that round uh, to gear might have had staff on his back. There was oh, I didn't a, even notice it there was a durden tweeted about it but there was a suspicious kind of scab looking deal on his oh, shoulder blade no. uh which if he if he did have staff and he's on airbox like first of all shame you should not be fighting like that uh, but also i mean that drains you <laughs> and, and he's still putting on that performance uh coach coach Islam there uh, in in the corner, and then was uh, then went out into the crowd and got a front row seat to Drickus and Strickland. Uh, there's a funny video of that, of, like Islam's him and Cheeto both are just like laughing, like loving it. Oh yeah, oh, of you, could, you guys are violent people, <laughs> oh.
1: yeah. and I'm glad, uh, kind of just stepping away from fights. I'm glad yeah. after the broadcast when they brought it up, it's like we don't want to see that. That's not. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad, even though Strickland was like, "Hey, little guy, can you move?" But it's like, come on, man. Like you're you're that much. It, it goes. <clears throat> and to some of these people that talk a lot of shit, but they can't take it back to themselves, mm-hmm. it's just like you've said foul shit to people, and I guess the difference is is that he expects them to fight him as well, but yeah. it was just a poor look,
0: yeah, really bad look, really bad look, and, and we trashed. don't need to, yeah <laughs> we we don't need to talk about it a lot, but there there is something that uh, like my own biases that that I did want to talk about that kind of came into play there because. When Colby said something about Leon, it was, we thought it was disgusting, right? Of he said something that we felt was very out of line. Mm-hmm. Realistically, what Drick has said to Strickland is very out of
1: line. 100%. Right?
0: Like, he's talking about somebody who was abused as a child and, like, bringing up that trauma to him. However, my reaction initially was like, Ooh. 10, 8, at the press conference, you yeah. know, like I was thinking it was like a good thing. And then when I thought about it, it was like, oh, is that just because Sean Strickland talks so much shit to other yep. people? But Strickland did raise a good point. Like the things when he's talking shit, those are he's doing it about decisions made by grown men. Sure. And not the childhood trauma. Now, I think part of it is. Strickland downplays some of the trauma talking about. Well, I think everybody should be beat as a kid. Mm-hmm. Look what it did for me, you know, like does some of that, obviously a coping mechanism, yeah, you know, yeah. but then. So it's almost like he makes it fair game for other people to talk about, but I just, I thought it was, it was something that had me thinking about it, Of Like, Oh, why did I respond with disgust when Colby did it? But with Drickus, I didn't when realistically what Drickus is saying is even uh, not even worse but is if it's not worse it is on the same level as talking about like somebody's murdered parent you know talking because, about somebody getting raped and beaten as a child
1: because Kobe's an asshole Dirkus is, isn't Strickland's an asshole Edwards isn't I I it's yeah. just what it, it's just one of those things where yeah. if me and you are roasting on each other and you can roast me I got to be able to roast you obviously within if me and you are roasting each other I'm not talking about any potential trauma but Man. Strickland, I watched some of his interviews. I see how foul he is, and he's yeah. an ugly human being sometimes. And mm. ugly human beings sometimes don't get the grace that we give non-ugly human beings. I felt worse for Edwards because he seems like a good guy. I didn't feel yeah. as bad for Strickland because he seems like an asshole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just I wonder, first of all, Drickus is a stone-cold killer. Yeah. He is so calm and his like maniacally laughing in the crowd after it like he's a he's a scary man um but i wonder if this is something that when people kind of separate themselves and have some time to think about of like oh well like dracus that's a really foul thing to do too i'm sure you, you know like as as bad of a uh, as bad of an opinion as people have of strickland and i do think part of it is leaning into a character for strickland i think part of it is his own him still trying to figure out how to deal with things that happened to him 30 years ago, right. you know, and, and processing all of that, but also like it, it, it was a pretty foul thing for Drickus to say. And I hope that it doesn't, I mean, I think he's going to keep bringing it up just cause he knows he has, he's in Strickland's head over it. Yeah. Uh, but also it's like, that is kind of a, a foul thing to be, you know, bringing up somebody getting abused as a child as yeah. a way to, Don't to disagree. sell a fight. Yeah. Um, But to take it back real quick, uh, do hope Tagir is way more active, uh, not in the crowd, but in the cage and and get some some more fights here because he's he's too fun. It's too fast moving of a division Mm -hmm. because like, hey, hey, guess what? The Tatsuro Tyras of the world uh, are hanging out on the periphery there. And if you're not active, those are going to be the guys
1: that that overtake you. Absolutely. I don't disagree one one bit.
0: Yeah, and then we'll keep it with, with lower weights. Uh, a guy that I know you're not the biggest fan of, uh, but Cody Garbrandt uh, still got it. Yeah, still got it.
1: shit still. Ugh, he's that, got power, uh, he's fast. He still has the same habits, though.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, he 100% drops the hands, mm-hmm. you know, d- does those things. But the when the second shot hit, initially I thought the one that dropped Kelleher face down was to the orbital mm-hmm. just in real time because typically when that's when you see people respond with that, like hands to the face fall to the ground yep. is when the orbital gets broken, but it was clean on the jaw. I wonder if Kelleher's jaw is broken. Uh, Cause that was, I mean, he hurt him the first time, but that second, that was a nasty looking just face down.
1: Um, he he, he kind of gave himself up. He's like, this is, yeah. this is too much. And Garbrandt did look good. I disagree with Rogan that he's a contender, but that's yeah, just because I yeah. will have to see him be a contender. But he wants Figgy. Why not?
0: Mm, I don't think he. I, mean, I don't. hard dis- to say because Figgy only has one. I don't think he's earned it though. Like Figgy's eight, right? Uh, Garbrandt, where where is he at fight wise so far? I mean, you get he's what two and, or I guess he's three and three over his last six fights at Bantamweight. Right.
1: Um, yeah, but Garbrandt has that name. People love him. You have yep. Figgy fight him, and if Figgy wins, you got fans. If Figgy loses, then you are like Garbrandt's the real deal. I mean,
0: yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for uh, for old no love. I do, I
1: do too because he hasn't had his chin tested in a while. So <laughs> if he's got that back, then he's good. I just don't know if he's got it back. Yeah, I had his career, I, he didn't have it. So
0: yeah, as as much as you know, he he has fallen off, and and I think. I, I still like to see him have success, uh, and it's just the image burned in my mind of one of the most masterful performances. Oh my god! That I think we've ever seen when when he when it was like nobody has figured out Dom, nobody, and Garbrandt has him so discombobulated <laughs> in, in the cage that he's dropping down doing push-ups in front of him. Yep. He's doing dance move, like just an app ab- an all time, masterful performance. And uh, unfortunately in this sport, we see guys go out on their shield more often than not. And so to see Garbrandt not just be that Chuck Liddell end of his career, yeah. taking jabs and falling over, like it, it's, it, it makes me happy to, to see him have success. Uh, and I think kind of along that thread, we can, we can talk about El Kikui and, and Patty. Mm, man, why? Yeah, uh, not a lot needs to be said. I I do think it's about the kind of the worst way for the win to happen for Patty. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel for him because I think Patty did look good. He looked strong. Uh, Physically, he looked different. He looked like he didn't let himself totally get out of shape. Mm -hmm. And I know he's been out with like, you know, injury and stuff. And it was a, a bit of a layoff. But like physically, he looked solid in the cage. Uh, not to mention the 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 hair, right? Yeah. He's been hanging out with with old
1: Steamroller, <laughs> I guess. That's us say uh, Patty, the Batty favor. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, smart. Why he the, did
1: that though? Smart. You heard why? He, why he it in he here? He said I did it because I get hit, and you guys think I'm getting hurt because my hair's so floppy. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting hurt, but you guys think I'm getting hurt. So I wanted to braid up my hair. That's smart. Because yeah, the old so, Clay Guida. Yeah, because Ferguson. Most likely, even though I thought he was gonna get beat up a little bit worse, he's gonna hit you. Yeah. Ferguson looked old. he
0: did, but oh he hit the knee slide. He hit yeah, the knee course. slide at the start, and I was like, oh my dude, still got it. He's coming back. He's better. um, but yeah, when he got like his reactions when he got hit as he's starting to get like older and stiffer, it's <sighs> it it's like the things that looked awkward but then fluid. And when he was younger, now it just looks awkward. Yeah. You know, like before he would get hit and kind of stumble away on one foot and then do something crazy, and now it's just kind of stumbling away. But Patty also made the improvement. He was d- dipping his chin a little more. They talked about it on the broadcast, too, that, I mean, he's, we've all seen it. He he would get into firefights and keep his chin in the air. He didn't do that. Yeah, He really only engaged in one true firefight when he got tagged and, Threw back a few shots, mm-hmm. but wasn't reckless. I I thought this was a good step for Patty, even though you're going to have people out there that are like, oh, you should have had the finish, and you know all those things. I thought Patty did look a little tired at the start yeah. of round three. Yep. Yeah, uh, I I wonder what that was. I you know possibly just the the grappling right, like holding down Tony is not something easy. Because he's so active off the bottom, absolutely. Uh, but wh- one of the things Patty did say, and this has me intrigued, he wants to go train with Benoit Saint Denis. Yeah. you are only going to get better yeah. doing that. Uh, but you know, good good for Patty uh, for Tony. Like, please hang it up. Dana White was saying he he wants him to retire
1: at yeah. this point. Like, so I, don't book him any fights. You know, like, yeah. and I understand maybe maybe um, Dana White's saying, you know. I I I want him to retire. I don't want to take him out of his contract and retire him so he goes somewhere else. But he needs to retire. Yeah, yeah.
0: Retire. I mean, it, the UFC is contractually obligated to offer fights uh, to him, and if they don't, they still have to pay him. But like, if you care about that man, yeah. just pay him. like pay him and let him go. He's done a lot for your company. Um, yeah, it was a, uh, a. He took a bit of a beating, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been, and and so I hope this is this is the last. Uh, that that we see the uh, a, another guy that looked a, a little stiff and he got put straight out was Lucas Almeida. Dog, you know, good good on touchy feely for that right hand. That was a brutal brutal shot. You got to feel for Almeida a little bit. His two losses in the UFC so far: Pat Sabatini, and then got knocked out like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there was a. a I mean, Feely's thirty three. He's been in the UFC for ten years, which is wild, dude insane Wow. insane first finish in four years uh, but good first of all anybody on the all nickname team we're always going (laughs) to support with my man touchy feely but good good to see uh, guys like that that have been down to fight anybody anywhere anytime when you look at you know feely's resume the people he's been in there with max holloway right like that is his second fight in the UFC, Mowgli Benitez, Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, Michael Johnson, Sadiq, he holds a win over here, Jordan, Bryce Mitchell, Joe Anderson, Brito, Bill Algio, Nathaniel Wood. Like, he's been in there with absolute killers in the featherweight division. So anybody that's stuck around that long and, you know, is – he shows up every time. And so it's, it's always good to see people like that have a, have success.
1: Yeah. And he looked excited about the dove getting to be with Joe Rogan and stuff. So it was good.
0: (laughs) No doubt. Uh, And somebody else that has stuck around like that and put on a performance, but it was over in a, ranked opponent, Ariane Lipsky. that, That was a performance, right? That was, she looked as good as she has ever looked, which I think is saying a lot for somebody who was in their 11th fight in the UFC. She was, Five hundred five and five in the UFC before that and dominated somebody that at one point people were saying future of the women's flyweight division. Right, There was a lot of talk about King Casey before the uh, the Jennifer Maya fight. And now, all of a sudden, she's on a two fights kid.
1: Yep. And she looked like trash last night. Uh, Casey O'Neill just looked not good last night. And it might be that Lipsky looked so good. But Casey, it was. I don't know if it's one of those situations where you kind of were talking about last week. A fighter loses and they lose their next fight as well because of their previous loss. I don't know, but she just looked hesitant, she looked outclassed. Lipsky's armbar ugh.
0: yeah, filthy. That's uh, that's gonna take some time to recover from that. O'Neill is one of the uh, she's so tough. This one was a little too, she had to have been badly hurt. Like, Lipsky has to hit hard because the Jennifer Maya fight for uh King Casey. Round three, she was still just walking Maya down, even though she had been getting pieced up for ten minutes, and that that just really wasn't the case here. Like it, it looked like she was really responding to those shots from Lipsky. Yeah, so good on Lipsky for somebody who has been around for a while. She'll be in the top fifteen Easy. come Tuesday, and so like good on her. It's another name like that division. There's so many just interesting things. We have another person that all of a sudden people had written off a little bit and she's back knocking on the door of like hey do not forget about me I am still here still dangerous and so really really good to to see that from her and somebody that is still here and still very 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 dangerous uh, my man down with the clown Josh Emmett uh one of the scariest knockouts I've I've ever seen
1: yeah it's the question i to you last week was does he still have that power because he haven't really shown it yeah the first Mm -hmm. and only punch that he landed he seized up he landed okay there was a jab in there Oh, okay (laughs) i I don't remember that fine (laughs) the second punch he landed was the killers i mean bryce mitchell's out out seizing scary very very scary and i do like the commentary around it's like let him sit down what are you guys doing but emmett for him being his age power's the last thing to go right Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. And he, I mean, it was as clean of a shot as you can land. It it reminded me of when Matt Lindland got knocked out by Vitor Belfort. I forget it might have been a, an affliction, uh, but Lindland was like the the shaking mm-hmm. on the ground. But typically, it's like micro shakes for lack of a better term. Like you just see the legs twitching. This was like full on toe, having a seizure. Toe t-shirt. straight out.
1: Yeah. Fingers all fucked up. Yeah. He he yeah. he was having a seizure probably last night
0: yeah that was that was really scary i hope that uh yeah why why did his corner let him walk out you know they they obviously had time for how quick that fight went they had time before the next fight Mm -hmm. give him a couple minutes in the cage to to relax and and try to get his wits about him but good for josh emmett right that's somebody that was so close to the top and then just couldn't get over the hump and then it's like okay we're gonna You know, they tried to give him Giga. You have Bryce Mitchell stepping up on short notice, which is a we thought was going to be a terrible, terrible matchup for Josh Emmett. And said, nope, (laughs) you know, I I still got a little bit in me. So really, really good on him. Do hope Bryce Mitchell recovers because that's the type of shot that like you long term in your life might not recover from.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a shot that I wouldn't want to take and then watch back later.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you imagine your, your no, Bryce no, Mitchell's I family. I can't,
1: I can't imagine. No. Yeah. No.
0: That's scary, scary, scary. i think like the thing that he didn't did. hit him again.
1: That was good.
0: Yes. Yeah. 100%. We, we saw some restraint. You know, same thing for Cody Garbrandt. Like didn't, yeah. you know, put him out, didn't feel the need to hit him again. Like good on them. Josh Emmett, still there. Still there. Obviously, you could rebook the Giga fight. I think he said Giga said he'd be back February or March, which is crazy for a torn groin that yeah. he would be back that quickly. Yeah. Uh, must not have been a, a too severe of a tear. Uh, if Giga is not ready, kind of the only person up at the top that that Emmett has has not fought would be Max, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's ready for Max. Yeah, I just don't know. Like Max is still in that weird position of like where where does he go? You know who who fights him, if not Aljo coming, coming in, but then, okay, maybe, maybe Aljo. Yeah. Uh, you, you give, you give him that fight or, and I know it was a win for Emmett. And then now he's coming off of having to fight down, but maybe Calvin Cater, who I know we've talked about is potentially fighting Aljo, Mm -hmm. but that was a very close split decision. Maybe you can run that one back and, but either way, good for Emmett. Really, really happy to see that the, a fight that so the bonuses on this card were what we had. the Fight of the night, Al Aldana and Hosa. There was a performance bonus for Garbrandt, and then Emmett, I think, were the were the ones. But one that I think give him a fight of the night too. Alonzo Menifield,
1: Dustin Jacoby. Jesus Christ, Menifield hits I mean, so hard. So does Jacoby. So hard. Yes.
0: Yes, both guys got hurt. It, it was so interesting because round one was Jacoby kind of controlling it along the cage using good head position shots to the body. But Menafield has the shot or the fight changing power. It only takes one because, you know, second round, Jacoby gets hurt, but then the jab starts finding its home. End of the round, third round, Jacoby is jabbing Menafield's face off. Menafield looks hurt. He's busted up, and then it's just one. Just one puts him down, absolutely swarms him, and that's that's the fight. That's, right? awesome. that's swayed yeah. round yep. three. Yeah, yep. it's it is the you have the equalizer if you're men of field and and you can be outskilled, which is no knock on men of field. dustin jacoby is a very high level kickboxer and if you're fighting a kickboxing fight with him there's not a lot of people in the division that are gonna you know in a, in a kickboxing match beat jacoby Pajeda being one of them because they did it mm-hmm. in glory but uh You know, Menafield capitalizing real the left hand landed twice, hurt him badly both times. And before before we continue,
1: sorry fans. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: It's the end of the year, right?
1: Like yeah. We've got a lot of burp burp burps coming out of
0: us. (laughs) but yeah, that means just a big, big win for Menafield. He's now earned himself the the right to fight up. I think uh would be a fun fight. That's a fun one. You know, maybe Ryan Span. I think either one of those uh, would would be fun. Metafield has has earned that right, and you know, not getting any younger in his mid thirties. But any and either one of those guys, Azamat or Spam, they they got the equalizer too. <laughs> so oh, for sure, know, who who doesn't want to see that uh, at light heavyweight? I do have to comment on Metafield's frohawk though. When it was picked out at the weigh-ins, that was a thing of. By you. Oh, yeah. He
1: said, I'm going to win and I'm going to look fly as shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I kind of want to see him, you know, curl it up. No, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> if my man. If my man showed up <laughs> at the press conference, we curled up, frohawk looking like uh, Eric Anders, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm about it. I'm about I it. I am too. about it. Uh, yeah. And then we highlighted him last week. Do got to talk about it. And he, you know, started the card off. With a, what was going to be a theme just finishes. Yep. Uh, Shamil Gazeev and Martin Budai. First of all, Budai is one of the most interesting builds in the world. He's so barrel chested.
1: So barrel chested. Oh yeah. So barrel chested. And they just had weird, (laughs) both of them had like weird physiques, like fat guy, heavyweight physiques.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it does not surprise me at all that Budai was like gamer they said he was paying playing 20 hours of counter strike a day which means you're not sleeping uh the amount of code red that he was probably drinking would have been alarming uh but realistically he was undefeated in in the UFC up until this point you know we talked about it last week uh you uh got on me for calling his performances pedestrian with all due respect
1: okay it just due sounds respect. rude man
0: uh, but it was a guy who was four0. In the UFC at heavyweight. So for and had never been finished. His one loss in his career was on the regional scene to Juan Espino, which is no shame at all. And it was in his second fight, you know, lost in a decision. So for Gazeev to go in and, and put him away, it took his will to fight. Gazeev has to hit hard, even though he it wasn't like a clean knockout. We haven't seen Budai just not want a fight. And he went you know, was standing on the cage, not wanting to fight back, hit the ground, not wanting to fight back. Impressive for Gazeev. What's not impressive is his breath regulation after the fight's done. Because that the two times I've seen him, Dana White's contender series and this one, after the fight, it seems like he just ran a marathon. He's so winded. And it... He tires in the cage, but he seems more winded post-fight. I don't know if it's an adrenaline dump well, deal or
1: what. Also, he throws everything in every shot. He deserves to be tired, right? If if you let it all go and relax after the fight, I'm not mad at that. They're heavyweights.
0: No. Whew. Yeah, it was... Uh, Want to see him in his next one, though, for for sure. And talking about things I, I would like to see, we had some massive, massive announcements uh, for the upcoming pay-per-views. We'll start with a couple announcements for UFC 298. That's the one being headlined by Volk and Taporia. That's in Anaheim on February 17th. Uh typically they don't announce fights on a Sunday, especially middle of the day Sunday, which is when we record this podcast. I know we uh we release it on Mondays, uh, but they kind of did us dirty last week. You mm-hmm. know, we were talking about kind of different options for Yadong <laughs> and all of a sudden they announced uh Marab versus Cejudo as the co-main event of that pay-per-view. It's been announced. It has not been signed yep, yet. That's the thing. Yeah. Because Marab wants it as a five round co-main. I don't blame Marab for wanting it as a five rounder, right? The guy is, you know, knocking on the door of a, of a title fight. Like you got to, I think I think it'd be perfect to have that scheduled as a five rounder. But woo, we got number two versus number three. You know, this very easily could be a title fight. This is I am juiced. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, also, if you guys have not had a chance, check out Marab's X account. Uh Cehudo totally but- butchered his name uh, during the announcement? And Marab had a had a pretty good video there uh, coaching him up on how to say his name and then also announced uh, title implications in in the women's strawweight division Tatiana Suarez the number 3 ranked fighter versus Amanda Lemos I'm happy about this announcement because I did not think Suarez warranted title talk I get she's undefeated but she has one win at strawweight in the last 4 years so glad that this is uh this is her fight she's got to prove something else but man this is a fight I am I am excited uh for for this one And then there was a barrage of announcements for 2.99. We'll start with the ones that were not announced at the press conference. So one that I am super excited about: women's flyweight division, number six ranked Lauren Murphy, number thirteenth ranked Taylor Carini Silva.
1: Ooh, huge, huge, huge opportunity for Silva. Huge. Yes,
0: absolutely. Like, say what you will about Lauren Murphy, she's top ten. She has fought for a title. This is the type of test that if you are a young contender and you want to make your name like Silva does, you absolutely have to pass this test. I am very interested to see if Silva can. And if
1: Murphy, Murphy's, then Silva's not there yet. Great yeah, matchup. exactly.
0: exactly. We're going to learn a whole lot about Karini Silva. Uh, another one that was announced, and I, to be honest, I don't understand the booking of this one. It's at lightweight. We have number six, uh, Matos Gamrot, taking on, RDA ranked number eleven. It was my understanding that RDA wasn't even going to fight at lightweight anymore. He was going to stay at welterweight. It's so kind of an interesting booking here. I'm not really sure why. You know, you're going for Gamrot from being the alternate for the lightweight title to getting passed up when they, when the challenger couldn't make the scale uh, due to a cut, and then now you're having to fight down big time. Like if he's going to fight down, have him fight Ben saint on the knee, like. Have him fight somebody of, of consequence. It's just a a strange booking. Yeah,
1: really weird booking. But you you're yeah. in this position. You have to win. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta show that you're number six for a reason. So, yeah. and RDA is right. beatable.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it's a good scalp to have. It's a he's ranked number 11, so it is a top 15 victory. Uh, and then they announced rebooked so so excited for this one. Uh, Curtis Blades Gillette Almeida at heavyweight. This was supposed to headline that Sao Paulo card before Blades got hurt. Uh, this is, I still think you know John Jones aside because I don't know what John Jones uh, is going to do. Probably only fight Stepe and then he's done. Uh, but this is Arguably the most dangerous matchup for Almeida just based on his grappling to take on a true heavyweight grappler. So very excited uh, for that one that they did rebook it and didn't just move on from the fight. And so if you're keeping track, that's three fight announcements uh, that are ranked fighters fighting each other. Those were all announced before the post UFC 296 or the UFC 296 post fight Mm -hmm. press conference. Dana White very casually just announced four more fights for that card. And oh, keep in mind, that card is being headlined by O'Malley Cheeto Vera. Oh,
1: such a good card. This card's gonna be fucking so good, man. Uh, oh,
0: it's gonna be so good. He very, very casually announced, oh, yeah, we got MVP versus Kevin Holland MVP. taking place at Welterweight. Yeah. Holy shit. What, like, a, you're,
1: what a crazy matchup.
0: Yes. Oh, oh they signed MVP? Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, he did say that there was no chance of Holland fighting Luke, despite Holland and Luke both agreeing to that. Just I am from Holland. This fight. Yeah, yes. shit that feared. But holy shit, you want to talk about Striker's Delight? Like, this is going to be fun. Holland has fought somebody similar in Wonder Boy. It did not end well for him. Does Holland, you know, do the gentleman's agreement here, or does he he fight a smart fight? I don't know, but I'm super excited to find out. Uh, so number 12 ranked Kevin Holland. So this is right into the deep end of the pool for MVP. We had talked about it previously when there was the potential of
1: him signing. Like, hey, they're just going to throw this guy to the wolves. Yep. And and good. That's what he's old. I want to see him just fight. I yep. want to see him break around. Just see him fight. Agree.
0: I actually think if Wonder Boy would have won. Yesterday yeah. that it would have been MVP Wonderboy instead Maybe. of MVP Holland. Um, and then we also had we'll stay uh, in the welterweight division. Uh, IMG Luque not being rebooked, but a fight that was previously booked. and is now being rebooked. IMG versus Jeff Neal. That's number 10 versus number eight. And there is bad, yes. bad blood here after IMG rocked the shirt with uh, Neal's mugshot
1: on mm-hmm. it. So, Ooh, so that's that's already yep, that's a that's a huge fight for IMG. Neil needs to sun him. The hype around it is already good, you know. Perfect, perfect matchup. I like it better yes. than Vicente Luque. IMG.
0: I, I do too. It's a more dangerous fight. Like let's not forget Jeff Neil gave Vicente Luque a brain hemorrhage yep. when they fought. Right. So yeah, definitely much more dangerous. It's it's gonna tell us more because ultimately if IMG did beat Vicente Luque, most dangerous test to date. Definitely a different test. There's different dangers fighting Jeff Neal uh, than there is Luke, but I think that this will tell us more about IMG. And then we are all, there's another welterweight fight that we are going to find out about one of our young prospects. JDM, Jack Della Modalena, the 11th ranked welterweight. Huge, huge step up in competition, taking on the fourth ranked Dorino, Gilbert Burns.
1: Oh, I love this matchup so much.
0: Oh, we're gonna find out about JDM's grappling. Yep, I was just about to say we're gonna see if he can grapple, my dude. Oh, because he struggled against twins Basil, (laughs) and you know, all respect to to Basil, he's not a multiple time world champion grappler uh, and a former title challenger in MMA.
1: Burns is number four for a reason.
0: Yes, this is. I am very. I'm excited to watch JDM fight anybody, anywhere, anytime this just little little cherry on top to, oh, to be fighting gilbert burns uh, and then the final casual announcement that was made uh, we have a top 10 bantamweight fight song yadong seventh ranked taking on piotr yan yadong and yan yan uh, still ranked number 5 that's going to be a fun one
1: yeah i mean especially what we're seeing out of yadong Yawn, <laughs> yan can't start slow because Yadong doesn't start slow, and he and he <laughs> <laughs> and he finishes. <laughs> so he um he's he's there for five rounds. If if that yes. was the case, obviously this won't be a five rounder. But it's going to be a high intensity three round fight. And Peter Young can't take that first round off. Not against no Yudong.
0: no. And so if if y'all are keeping score at home, we already have the title fight. So that's going to be on the main card. There's only four other slots on the main card and you have MVP Holland, Yadong Yan, Burns JDM, IMG Jeff Neal, Lauren Murphy, Carini Silva, Matoush Gamrot RDA and Curtis Blades Jailton Almeida. That's that's seven. I don't need any more fights between ranked fighters. So that means three of those fights are going to be on the undercard. Oh, and they still have not announced a fight yet for UFC 300. No.
1: Dude, this is we're going to have such fun news and and don't forget, we don't, there's no more fights for the next what three four weeks, but there's still podcast. There's still oh podcast, yeah, well baby. I say we'll podcast, be
0: podcast. the yeah. mm. uh, We got uh, next week. We will be having uh, kind of our end of year show, you know, wrapping up the the first year of us doing this, and and it was you, a, a fun fun year to to have started this podcast off. Uh, the so that one will be dropping next week. Following week, we get a look ahead at what is already, as you can see here, shaping up to be an amazing 2024. Uh, so we have we're we're not going anywhere. There will be no F updates over the next few weeks. Uh, so you can have your Friday nights back, uh, but we will be having shows every single week. Hell yeah! Anything else on your end, brother? No sir. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect.
1: Later.